So whatever it means to you, podcast, back in Boat Studios, uh, getting prepped for 4th of July weekend here. Shane, what are you doing, man? Uh, we always close, man. It's, it's the restaurant's birthday is on the 4th of July. I forgot about that. Yeah, we'll be, So you always have the 4th of July off. Yeah, isn't that, that's so crazy, right? Yeah, 4th of July is one of my favorite holidays. And I'm not like I'm not super patriotic. I mean, I served and stuff, but I'm not like, yeah, you know. But I like it. I like Fourth of July. Yeah, everyone's in a good mood. So what are you gonna do? Pontoon uh, boat? Yeah, we always take a couple boats out. Uh, get real sober. Get yeah, stay stay sober all day. Uh, <laughs> start start hydrating with just water at you know seven a.m. Sure. Uh, yeah, we hang out. Have you used any of those electrolyte tabs yet? They're called like Noon, N-U-U-N. They're just these little round tablets that you put in water. There's a little bit of caffeine in them. I, I swear they're, like like they're, hangover thing. they're geared toward athletes, mm. but they, they work pretty good wonders for... Yeah. It's like for, uh, recovery. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've never done any of that like hangover stuff. You remember where they used to sell like uh, cans of air? Do you remember that, like in the gas stations? <laughs> I mean, I remember cans of air for computers and stuff. No, not <laughs> duster. It wasn't fucking duster. It was, but it, uh, and I forget what it was called. But they, yeah, I, that was like a big thing. It was like, uh, it was just cans of air, <laughs> and they sold oh, wow. them for like ten bucks, and they were flavored and like whatever. It was crazy, and people were buying them oh, yeah. and using them. <clears throat> yeah, and that was totally marketed for. Like, I mean, I wonder if it could help you. I don't think like so. getting pure oxygen, but probably I, I mean, bet it makes you feel a little better. I'm sure it makes you feel for, better, but probably briefly. Yeah, but then that's exactly what it was. It was like yeah. you know, like an oxygen bar in a can. Sure, <laughs> but it's, it's still crazy. Hmm. Like who, that that's genius. Like you just sold flavored air for a lot of money. <laughs> for a lot of money. <laughs> I wonder how they compress it. I don't know. We're getting way off. Um, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, take some noons, man. Get them from, like, I, I order them from Amazon, but I think you can get them off, like, from Fresh Market and shit. Word. But, yeah, going to the river with uh, my wife's family. Yeah, they have a, yeah. They have a family reunion every year. Oh, yeah, you go down to uh, Port St. Joe, huh? No, 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 no. We go float on the Swanee River oh, right? on Swanee. Live Oak. The, it's literally across from the music park where all the festivals are, like oh, where cool. Halloween is. If you swim across the river, that's her aunt's house. And every year, like, oh, cool. everyone comes and floats the river multiple times and... Gets real sober, <laughs> so we have a good time out there. It's I'm really excited to get out of town, man. It's getting stressful driving around. Yeah, it so. took us all of like 40 minutes today to come five miles. Yeah, but it was easy. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's so bad. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, stoked for Fourth of July. Ready to get out of town. Hopefully, everyone listening has a wonderful Fourth of July. Stay safe. Don't. To, uh, don't do dumb things. Be careful around fireworks. Watch your kids if they're in the water, please. There's always like a death uh, yeah. around Fourth of July here on the beach in good old Destin. So please be careful. Uh, that's about it. We're uh, still rocking trivia at the Pallet Bar. It's a new spot in Fort Walton Beach. It's where the old Black Angus used to be. Kind of, kind of by uh, you know where the turnoff to racetrack is. It's almost, almost that that far into Fort Walton if you're coming from Destin. So go check out Trivia at Palomar. It's from 7 to 9, and uh, you get prizes and all that stuff, too. My guest today is an old, old friend of mine. I've, I've known this guy for two decades. His name is William Tyler Davis. I, I, uh, aside from you know some brief conversations and run-ins on social media and all that stuff, I've really not had a chance to sit down and talk with him for a while. We see each other at like events every now and then, but I haven't really had a chance to talk to him. I know he's... 
Uh, he's an author now, has a couple of books. I know he's designed apps and all that stuff, but we're definitely going to find out more of that uh, when we get him in the studio. So please help welcome you, my guest today, Mr. William Tyler Davis. From Boat Studios in Destin, Florida, it's the Whatever It Means to You podcast. It's something that most people don't like at first. With Jared Gramblin. I love my job, but I hate talking to people like you. And Shane Denton. All right, William Tyler Davis is with us in the podcast studio. What's up, man? Nothing much. Uh, thanks for making your way in here, man. I understand you're in town doing the Fourth of July thing with the family. Yes. yes. So, um, but you just to start off the bat, we don't normally just jump into stuff. That normally, there's a bunch of small talk, which we'll, we'll definitely do. We have some catching up to do, man. Yes, lots. It's been a while, but you brought me this. Uh, you brought me a gift. You brought me a book called uh, Marvels, Mochas, and Murder, and it's uh, the pen name is Christine Zane Thomas, but that's actually. That's actually you. That's me. Yep. So you, okay. So I'm just basically was just familiar with the, your fantasy series, right? Right. So talk to me about all this stuff. First of all, thank you. Yeah, um, no problem. I'm going to be able to read this over the weekend. I'm leaving town tomorrow, so I'm oh, stoked. Oh, cool. Yeah. But uh, and and if you need to, it's on audio as well. Right on. Yeah. How uh, do you find that? Like Audible yeah, and Audible. all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so I'll tell you something about that. Uh, first off. Probably I finished my fantasy series uh, maybe a little close to a year ago, mm-hmm. um, and Jen and I started talking about doing a Jen, your wife, yeah, my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I started talking to her about doing a mystery um, novel, and so I, I started it, and I it, it's actually a novella um, about forty thousand words. Um, she wrote one too at the same time. She actually wrote two before I wrote one. That that were mystery, yeah, that were mysteries. Okay, and so uh, we we've been producing them as a pen name together uh, for since November, and altogether is eight books now. Wow, yeah, holy four shit. in her series and four in mine. Wow, so how do you like? Do you is it all? Is it how do you publish it? Is it self published? Yeah, self self published. So there's outlets uh, in writing. I'm assuming that there's outlets similar to like us doing our podcast, to where there's uh, self distribution networks. Like you can get yep. your stuff on Audible. You can get your stuff on Amazon, uh, pretty pretty easily these days. Yes, right on. Yeah, we um we use we use mostly Amazon right now. Um, my fantasy books are out wide. They're on Kobo, Apple, um, Google, mm-hmm. but the the mysteries are all just Apple I mean just Amazon rather yeah sorry I'm I'm flubbing <laughs> um, haven't haven't had this kind of talk in a while uh, yeah so they're on Amazon uh, and then Audible is uh, they have they have something called ACX uh, which is how you self produce uh, you find a narrator that you're comfortable with or you narrate yourself and you upload the books um, you basically it takes like two weeks because they actually go through and make sure that the audio quality is there and uh, that you're not, you know, producing something that uh, is lower quality than what Audible would want. Sure. Um, I've actually had uh, them come back on a book because I accidentally uploaded like chapter eight twice and, you know, things like that. Oh, so they really, they, yeah. they have somebody that really looks into Oh yeah, and, and make sure, wow, that's a lot. That's got to be a, I mean, sometimes a 20, 20 hour job, 15 <laughs> right. to 20 hour job. Yeah, I mean, some somebody's doing something there. I'm, I, w- I would guess they're probably not in the states. Do you self narrate your? Oh no, so so I actually had had a f- bad experience with my fantasy book. Um, I started uh, with the fantasy, and 
the guy kind of has a Shatner quality and I didn't really catch it until, you know, he'd already produced the whole book and it was going to be ta- too long. And, you know, we'd already had assigned a contract, um, to do anything about it really. Sure. So, and you probably already paid a deposit. <laughs> yeah. I already paid. <laughs> How much does it cost to have someone, to well, have a, vo- a voice actor read your book? That's the thing. Actually, I didn't pay anything for him. Uh, we did a 50% uh, royalty split. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, but I signed the contract, you know, that he was going to get 50% of the royalties and it's like a seven year contract. So, wow. Uh, but then the, the, uh, I learned a lot, uh, with these cozies, I have a producer that I paid and he's amazing. His name is Jeffrey Kafer. Um, he does a lot of sci-fi books. Mm-hmm. So he just takes care of Yeah, he takes care everything. of everything. And uh, yeah, I didn't... The magic of a producer, yes. man. Oh my goodness. They're worth the money if you, if you get one who's worth they the are. shit. They are. Yeah, that's crazy. So uh, Okay, well, man, I have so many questions about the the world of self-publishing books. Um, yeah, and we just jumped into it. We really kind of c- could step back. Sure, <laughs> yeah. <you> well, <laughs> well, yeah, first of all, thanks for this, man. I'm, see I'm, ex- I'm stoked to read that. Um, a lot of, and before we get back into that, man, let's kind of, you and I, aside from a few times of either, you know, maybe I didn't see you for several years. Um, I think that we ran into each other like a mellow, like at mellow mushroom or something like right. that. Yeah, I think he came like in and, and aside from that, we just kind of run, have random run-ins with each other. Um, and all that, man, but I, it's always, I always look forward to it. I always love seeing what you're doing. Uh, this is awesome. I mean, let's a little bit of a backstory. You and I have we, we've known each other for twenty years, right? If you think that's a probably yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a long a, time. A lot of crazy stories, uh, you know, the, <laughs> through our through our teen years of just basically being idiots, you know. Yep. Um, doing so doing so much dumb stuff through our teens, but then also like we, I know you did some some Air Force some Air Force time, you know, yep. graduate of, t- like, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Right? Uh, yeah, so I went to Florida State. Um, I d- got a degree in mathematics. I wanted to be a pilot, uh, so I was in ROTC. Uh, I didn't, that didn't work out. My eyes are actually really bad, uh, so I ended up being an analyst. I was going to uh, say, you seem like you'd be an ideal pilot. <laughs> yeah, I- except for the fact that I have no depth perception, pretty much. Yeah, and that, that so, ends that. Yeah, that totally ends that. So yeah, I, I did the Air Force thing for about six years. Uh, I was, I, I was, I was going to see the world and they, uh, gave, they gave me Eglin and Hurlbert. <laughs> so, <laughs> how does that happen? Yeah, I don't know how that did happens. You, did you put that on your dream sheet? No, like, no, it was not. Do no. they still have dream sheets? Yes, or? they do. So uh, it was just straight, sheer luck. Yeah. Straight out of ROTC, you, you, you do a dream sheet and I think Hawaii, Germany, you know, I had to, everything I wanted on there, you know, uh, but I got, <laughs> <laughs> so right after you finish, what do they call it? Uh, OCS. It's a field training field for ROTC. Tra- okay. It's, it's, it's actually really pretty easy. It's only like six weeks. Yeah. Is that, yeah. do they send you to Lackland and like you get to march a flight and stuff I, like that? It's not Lackland. Uh, now they go to Maxwell, okay. but whenever I went in, it was at Ellsworth air force base, South Dakota. Okay. Yeah. Fun times. Where, Be- in, where is that in South Dakota? Uh, right by Mount Rushmore? Yeah, it's close. Okay. It's close. Uh, yeah, there's some. There's a mountain range or like hills mm-hmm. um, close that uh, you could see. But B2s uh, just screaming off, you know, the runway every night, mm-hmm. you know. Was, yeah. And then you wake up at 4 a.m. to go march and do mm-hmm. all the fun stuff. Uh, yeah. But... 
But after, yeah, after ROTC, I, I thought, you know, I thought being an analyst was, you know, it was just a desk job in the Air Force, you know. Uh, really wasn't living the dream mm-hmm. I wanted. Uh, so on the side, I started developing iOS applications. And so that's kind of what I transitioned into. I've been doing that since 2011. Where, how did you learn that? I, how did I learn that? Yeah. Uh, oh, I just learned on the side. Um, I had a Mac, and there's a Stanford course online. Okay. That's like, uh, it's on iTunes University or something like that. Um, and I just started taking that course. Uh, one of the guys we went to high school with, I don't know if you know him, Mark Chambers. I don't think I do. Um, he had a startup at around that time and was, was looking for some extra help. And I was like, I don't really know iOS, but I'm willing to learn if you want to, you know, kind of pay me to learn and also do your app. And so he was like, sure. <laughs> and he just <laughs> let me do that. Um, and the startup didn't work out, but I ended up getting a lot of experience and I uh, was able to work at Bottle Rocket Apps in Dallas. And now I work at a media company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you obviously aren't allowed to. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. let's not. <laughs> it's let's a, not say what it is. Okay. Uh, people could do their research if they want, but it's from right. what I understand, it's pretty substantial. Right. Um, yeah. So, and you, and the cool thing about that is you get to kind of do that from where you want to, or yeah, I work from home. Sure. Yeah. So, so why tally then? Why tally? Yeah. Oh, we tried to come back to Crestview to around my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you're just a little too close yeah. to, to family. <laughs> Um, and it, Tally is like the perfect distance away. Sure. And there's you get no over food. in a day, you can come over for like yeah. a Sunday lunch and like, yeah, get home if you need to. Exactly. You know? or we, we come over for weekends, you know? Sure. And we have, the well, kids have a good time. Well, yeah, because her, her family's from Crestview as well. Yes. Crestview's a tough place, man. Yeah. It's, it's not a place I want to spend a lot of time, to be honest. Um, I spent enough time there, I think. There's like three food places that we, we'd be like, ah, do you want this, this, or this? You Where know? do you go? I know uh, uh, Pounders is the one, right? Pounders, um, Bamboo, and Jen doesn't like Hideaway, but I, I'm a big Hideaway fan. Dude, I I'll still, I, I could still wreck some Hideaway every now and <laughs> right. Hideaway is a pizza's place, and it's like uh, double the cheese out of any yeah. other pizza. But, uh, like a, like a, thicker, a thicker crust. Pounders is a Hawaiian plate lunch, and it is delicious. Like teriyaki steak or chicken. Um, You got the macaroni salad and the rice. I'm not eating there yet. But that's a kid who went to school with us that owns it, right? Yeah, KK. Okay, yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, man, I don't. uh, I I eat bamboo at like once every three or four years, but normally the only time I go there is to like quickly see my parents for like, and we'll like cook at the house. You Mm -hmm. know, we'll have everyone over and kind of do the that the house thing or, or get some like to every now and then we'll get like to go hideaway or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but right. that, that's about it. Um, yeah. So, so then, so you're working, your, your main gig is this, you know, working for, for this media company that you work for and right. you just, you just like, okay, I'm going to start my writing now. Was this something that you've always wanted to do or? Yes. So probably since high school, I, you know, I've been a, a reader and I took one, uh, short story class in college, and I was I was actually probably thinking about switching my major to English, uh, but that professor just wrecked me. She she didn't like fantasy. She wanted, you know, very realistic stories, mm-hmm. uh, and that, that just wasn't me. And so I was like, okay, I'm not doing this. Um, and so for about I don't know five or six years, 
while I was in the Air Force, I always tried. There's this uh, National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo, um, in November, and I would try to write that you're supposed to write uh, 50,000 words in November. So that ends up being like 1,500 words a day, right? That's, a, that's attainable if you're writing good stuff. Right? It, yeah. Well, right. even if you're not writing good stuff, it's just like, hey, try to write a novel in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would always try, and I would never do anything. How far would you get? I would get like 20,000 words. Okay. Um, now, what happens with that? And because I wanted, I kind of want to discuss this too about what sure. gets you to the what gets you to the point to where you can actually execute mm-hmm. full novels. Um, as because I work on, I work with producing some television stuff right now, and like commercials and stuff like that a little bit, or even this podcast, or even when I'm working in the on the music side of things as well. Uh, being uh, being a creative, how how difficult is it in your head to where, like one day you're, you're stoked and you're like I'm doing. I'm really knocking this out. And then the next day you read what you wrote was so great yesterday. And well, you're just like, this is trash. Why would anyone want to read this? Like, that's one of the problems. Yeah. Okay. Is, is reading over what you wrote yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> because so I would, I, I don't know why, like I thought like the, there was only one kind of way and I would just sit down with my novel idea and just try to write, write, write. Um, but I actually found some, some, you know, outlining uh, kind of helps me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I, I did. And I think the October, I decided, okay, I'm going to plan what I'm going to write in November and outlining. And then I actually wrote the ending first. And that's kind of what changed it for me from going to writing 20,000 words and stopping and just not you know pushing through to the end of the novel. Um, to actually attaining that novel, that that um, my first uh, hero and a halfling was about seventy five thousand words, eighty. Okay, and hero and a halfling is the name of your your fantasy series, right? Well, yeah, it's called Epic Fantasy E P I K. Okay, and uh, yeah, the, that's the first book, Hero and a Halfling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all like kind of eighties cartoon based. Okay, the second one is Knowing is Halfling the Battle. Okay, right. <laughs> and yeah. and it follows a character named Epic. Epic. Right. Let's talk about Epic. <laughs> sure. What's his deal? What, yeah. Like so so yeah, I I, I love Lord of the Rings, uh, but I always thought you know the halflings were these or the hobbits rather were great characters, uh, but they didn't, you know they they didn't do as much as I kind of wanted them to. You know they didn't fight. They you know they they're Frodo and Sam, you know, their, their only job is getting that ring um, to, to Mount Doom, right? And so I was like, what if Halfling, you know, wanted to be the wizard? Instead of following a wizard to certain doom, what if he wanted to be the wizard? And so that's kind of where it started out. Um, so Epic goes to the city. to he's, he's trying to find his dad, and he's trying to find magic. And he finds a bit of both. Mm-hmm. So okay, so how does it um, when when you release this the, your your first release? Wh- how do you how do you get eyes on it? How do you get people to read it? You know, you make uh, several mistakes along the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how do you make sure William Shatner isn't reading your right. your book? Um, what what's the learning curve like there? And then at, at your end, because I mean. I, I don't know anything about your statistics or anything, but I would assume that if you're continuing on doing this, there people are reading your stuff. Yeah, less so the fantasy um, than mm-hmm. than uh, the, the cozy mysteries, but but yeah, um, 
basically I made a bunch of mistakes. I, I saw like pricing, you know, the pricing as, uh, okay, lots of people are doing 99 cents for their first book and then they're doing 399 or whatever for the second and third book. Um, so all I had was one book and I put it out at 99 cents. Like I was going to make some money off that. <laughs> Not, and then there's, there's Amazon has, Well, yeah, I mean, if you get a hundred reads, congratulations, right. you split 50 bucks with your right. 50, 50 partner, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's a, that's like a, that's like a penny for every hundred words. <laughs> Something like that, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, I don't know what I was thinking then. And, uh, Amazon has a platform for advertising. Um, as well as you can use like Facebook advertising. I'm sure you've probably done that. Um, and, and so I, I dabbled in everything, trying to get some eyes on that book. And also at the same time, I was writing the sequel, uh, kind of in hopes that, you know, it would take off. Um, and, and I've had, you know, eventually I kind of found my way. I, I wrote the three books in the, in the trilogy. And uh, I've I had several like really good promotions. Uh, there's this some, something called BookBub mm-hmm. um, that they, they pay you pay them a lot of money to for them to give your book away free. Um, but other but people buy the second and third book and stuff like that. Sure. Um, and so you make money back. Uh, and so, yeah. Um, but any other specific questions about like because uh, yeah, we can go into like advertising. We can go into uh, putting the book out there, whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, do, how do you see like exponential growth in doing it? More books. Yeah. Yeah. More books. Uh, and so that's kind of what we learned uh, by doing the, for one, humorous fantasy is not a huge genre uh, with lots of readers. There's Terry Pratchett and the, those readers read Terry Pratchett. Mm-hmm. They don't read William Tyler Davis. <laughs> yeah. So you won't see like, if you like. Yeah. I, I, if get I used a load to, of this. I used to say that on Facebook and I, and people would just comment the hell out of it. <laughs> Um, is that good though, or is that kind of? It was it was good two, and bad. A lot yeah. of people say any kind of publicity is good publicity, but like, it, there was some good and bad. Yeah, from it for sure. What's uh, the worst thing? What's the worst thing any like Amazon reviewer said about oh, you? There, I can't even I can't even say I don't even know. <laughs> uh, recently though, um, somebody someone on Audible tried to give a dig to this book, uh, Marvel's Mochas and Murder, and they said it's like an episode of Castle written for the Hallmark Channel. Um, just nerdy enough to read on the way to Comic Con, and I was like, and they, and it was like a three star review, mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, I'm using that for advertising. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's actually exactly what I was like. Going three for. keywords, bro. I, I was like, that's what I was going for writing this book. That's awesome. So you're like, accurate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, dude, that's really impressive, man. So how do you stay disciplined? Uh, in in writing your words versus making sure that uh, your, your creative vision is still being met because they're you know you're a musician as well or I don't know a if bit. You're st- I, I you've still written play a little songs guitar. yeah but uh, you know in in trying to catch that synergy between inspiration and actual uh, good ideas and being creative how do you how do you keep that do you have a ritual like do you pour glass I, scotch I, or something before you start writing or I, I do I do I do not um, mostly because I write from about five a.m. to seven a.m. Oh, that would be you a know, day ruiner. Would, yeah, it probably <laughs> yeah. yeah, can't go Bukowski. But it is a ritual. Uh, I get up five a.m. I write for about an so hour and a half. That's the first thing you do. Hours. You get up it's and start writing on it. Yeah, I make coffee and then I, sure. I write. And my daughter wakes up at like seven oh one a.m. and then I'm dad mode mm-hmm. the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. 
Um, every Monday-ish, instead of writing, I'll do my marketing stuff, which is like kind of pruning my ads and making sure like um, I've got like my I've got an email newsletter, um, doing that. You know, just making sure those things are also kind of where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Have you had any conversations with outside publishing, like signing some kind of publishing deal or anything like that? Or is no. that the, is that the dream or is that it's one of one, my one of those things that's kind of like, I could take it or leave it. It's one of my dreams. Uh, I actually, traditional publishing is, is something I wouldn't do for the fantasy, but I, I have some wi- young adult ideas that I'm thinking it's that, that, area is still very traditionally published. And so if I wanted any exposure there, um, that's where I'd need to be. Sure. Sure. And th- is that, is that what you would say your uh, target audience is for? F- no. <laughs> so, so the cozy mysteries, the target audience is probably my, my grandmother. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and, and it's like, yeah, I mean about 50 <clears throat> years old, um, and retired age, a lot of, a lot of readers there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we kind of knew that going in that that this genre that's but that's where a lot of readers are and that's kind of what we're trying to hit. Um, there's also a lot of readers in like sci-fi, space opera. Um, I'd I'd love to write one of those books as well, um, but I just haven't got to it. Space opera. I'm, I'm assuming that's a soap opera in space. Well, it's like Star right. Trek. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there's really no no one set that you want to explore. Writing several different, and most writers, you know, kind of stick to one. And I'm just not that guy. Like I read so many different things growing up. You know, I I was a big Michael Crichton fan, so I I kind of like want to write a techno thriller. You know, and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think most writers they probably do do better by just sticking to one genre. Yeah. (laughs) What do you read? What do you read currently? What type of stuff do you read now? I'm reading uh, Dark Matter by Blake Crouch right now. It's a thriller. Okay. Yeah, it's a sci-fi thriller. Is it different for you now that you've written books? Is it is your reading experience different? Yes and no. Um, I I wrote I I, uh, I listened to a YA um, probably a month or two ago that I, I got very frustrated because it was just dialogue the whole book and I'm just like is she is she ever going to explain what's going on around you know yeah. <laughs> like, the setting, right? yeah, the setting, yeah. yeah. Like, all right, yeah, I get, I get that we're at a high school, but you know, let's hear what the high school looks like. You mm-hmm. know, it just, it was just straight up, just dialogue the whole way. Yeah, you're gonna lose it pretty quickly, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's man. Well, congratulations, dude. That's really, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're doing so well with it, man. Um, I could, I could probably talk to you for six hours about just the business, you know, um, just like the, the music for me being, having a job in the music business has changed the way I go see live music now. Yeah. Like it's just completely different. Like for example, when you're reading a book or listening to a book, you're probably picking apart the technical aspects about it yes. or thinking about what, like what was actually going through the writer's head, not in telling the story, but in actually building the actual book, if that makes sense. No, it does. That That's exactly kind of, um, like this, this last book, the, the one that I was telling you about, uh, it felt like lazy, laziness almost like, okay, she didn't really want to write this book. She just kind of did. Mm-hmm. Um, or inexperienced. Oh, or no, is she, no, this is, this is an experienced writer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love one of her other books, but no. Okay. Then how does that make you feel? It's like, <laughs> like, we, like for example, like when, uh, like when Radiohead came out with Hail to the Thief. 
Okay. You know, after <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. After yeah. like Kid A and uh, OK Computer and the bands, you're like, what? What is this? What right. is this nonsense? Um, now there's some okay songs on there, but it just completely was in rainbows after that though. In rainbows was, yeah, they figured it out. Yeah. 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 Um, is that something? So that's what you think happened with this particular author. Yeah. Kind of mailing it in. She she probably had a deadline. Yeah. Contract. You know, she probably had a deadline and something like that. I mean, I, one of the ways that I get through, uh, these books is having myself a deadline. Um, I usually, my editor is booked up like within six, like six months in advance. And I'm just like, I guess, yeah, in August, I'm going to have a book for you. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I kind of just hold myself to that. How do you keep your inspiration up though? Like, well, I, I know you can set up your routine. You're very, you seem very disciplined yeah. in that, but you know how, well, you know, it's funny you say that because, uh, yeah, I had I had a lot of trouble with my the third book in that series and the comics and coffee case files. Um, I th- I had this great idea. I thought it was it was going to be a pirate festival, kind of like Billy Bullock's, and he's going to find a skull, and there's going to be um, kids that are missing, and and I had all these ideas. Like the Goonies. Uh, no, it wasn't exactly <laughs> like the Goonies, but but there's missing kids and all this stuff. And I thought this was a great idea. And I get into it, start writing, and it felt just very forced. It felt felt like not realistic, like, oh, this would never happen. And I try to keep some, you know, realism. I know it's kind of a, a, a guy. That, a fantasy. Yeah, a guy yeah. that owns a coffee shop solving mysteries. Yeah, uh, murder <laughs> mysteries at that. Oh, this is yeah. the, I'm sorry. This is yeah. a mystery series. Oh, I, it's I apologize. Yeah. No, yeah. it's okay. Uh, but, yeah, like, I mean, come on. It, a guy who owns a, cof- a coffee and comic shop. Solving mysteries. This is going to be real, right? Um, you've seen Psych or uh, or uh, Monk. You know, okay. Kinda, okay. It's like that, right? Um, and so this this book just never felt realistic, and uh, it took me an extra month to write than it usually takes. Like it, it usually takes me about two months to write these novellas, mm-hmm. and this one took three, three and a half. You get almost. angry with yourself? Oh yeah, I was I was frustrated. Yeah. And then um, I just finished book four. And I literally wrote it in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just flowing out. That's got to be a good feeling. Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> like, I need to bottle this up. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, part of that was I just kept the mystery, like, way simpler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that helped. Um, and then I had a lot of inspiration. It, this one kind of dives into uh, his relationship with his grandmother because um, he's, like, kind of stuck in this hometown. His parents live in Costa Rica. And uh, his, his Mima lives there. And, you know, I, I love my Mima. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so this was very, you know, like it, it, it felt at home for me yeah. to write something like this. That was going to transition right into my next, my next subject. Do you, is there part of you in some of these books? Oh, for sure. Yeah. In every single book. Yeah. I wonder if knowing you, you know, not super well, we don't like, we don't kick it, but I knew you well at one point, you know, mm-hmm. I wonder if I'd be able to pick out, especially like from, like when you say your Mima, I've met your Mima before, yeah. several, you know, a few times for sure. Um, like I wonder if I'd be able to like pick some of that. Oh, I'll, I'll let share. you know when, uh, I finish, yeah. when I finish reading this one. I'll yeah, be she's, like, she's in I'll this take one pictures too, of it and sure. be like, I got you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I used your name in um, maybe the first uh, halfling book. I, I want to say I, I, I there's something like some joke that's like uh, he wished they had a cool name like Jared or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> some, it, I, 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 I was going to say so. it's about a kid making dumb decisions. No. But yeah. <laughs> Jeez, well that's great, man. I can't wait to I can't wait to get into that. What do you do uh, 
because you know I'm sure between writing and then working a, a pretty serious job that's probably pretty demanding on you as well. Having a, a, a young family, you have two children, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, what I mean, how do you how do you get like rid of some of that? Do you box? Do you do you do martial arts? Do you go run? Do you? I mean, you sold me I, your bike, so I'm assuming you aren't riding as much these days. But. I do CrossFit. Okay. Yeah, and in in the in the Marvels books, I he does CrossFit as well. He's he's new at it. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, I. I lift What's weights. your take on the CrossFit pull up? <laughs> oh, the kipping pull up. Yeah. I, like the one I love where it's it. like a fish. <laughs> yeah. Where it feels yeah, like I, you're flopping like a fish. Man, I do it. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I I can either do like three regular pull ups or I can do like twelve of those. It's because you're like for you're using your momentum to help get. Yeah. Okay. It's a, that's like a reoccurring thing on here. We talk about the CrossFit pull-up all the time. Because the first time I saw it, I was like, what is going on? Right. Like when my friend started doing it, I was like, that's not a pull-up. Stop it. You're making me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, right? The CrossFit pull-up makes me feel uncomfortable when I see yeah. someone doing it. Yeah. It's, you'd rather a chin-up where the guy's like... Probably, yeah. Like we did in, like we did in the Air Force, bro. Like, like the men in the Air Force. I didn't do a single pull-up in the Air Force. Really? Single one. Nope. They, they, well, I guess they don't. Yeah, you don't have to go through. I was a, I was a lowly enlisted person before I got my, uh, before I got my degree. I, I got my degree after my military experience. Yeah. So it's a good way to go. That's what that's the way Kirby went in, uh, in my book. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Okay, <laughs> dude, I can't wait to meet some yeah, of these you, guys. Yeah, you're gonna love him. Well, check this out, man. I got something to show you. Oh. Hey, go, buddy. Sick. This is a. A signed, your signature is on this. For it my sure listeners, is. this is a drumstick. Tyler Davison, uh, myself, and our buddy were in a band, um, a Christian punk rock band, yeah, actually. Christian I was in a couple rock. of those. But um, this, <laughs> this one is called Nerd Persecution. And Tyler threw out a drumstick. That's your, that your band name? Nerd Persecution, yeah. <laughs> it's a good one, right? <laughs> so I still think it's a good name. I agree. <laughs> but uh, we got to play a show opening for a band called The Echoing Green, I believe, yes. um, out of Colorado. They were actually, we thought it was a big deal because they were signed to Tooth & Nail Records. So we were opening up for a band that was signed on like the ultimate yeah. Christian punk rock label. Can't believe they didn't get us signed too. I know, <laughs> we tried. <laughs> uh, I wish I would have kept some of those like letters from some of like the Christian record companies that I wrote. I remember like being 15, writing them records, and they actually were, they'd write letters back to me. Wow. Just telling me they wouldn't listen to my stuff. <laughs> 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 no, unsolicited material. But anyway, Tally, you threw out this drumstick, and our, fr- our friend and also whatever it means to you podcast veteran, Leila DiPolo, caught it. And that's the last time I ever saw that until about a year ago. Right. Um, after the, they got hit really hard by the hurricane, and she found that in, like, in one of her boxes or something and brought it back. It delivered it, man. That's so, awesome. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody tweeted out uh, something the other day that was like, what did you have in 1999 that you don't have today? And I was like, a pair of drumsticks. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I did not have a pair of drumsticks around my house. Do you have, do you still have a kit? No, no, I don't have a kit. Yeah, mm. I, have, I have a guitar. And okay. That's it. So you made that, tra- that transition yeah. into... hard. You, yeah. Like right around... Like around like around senior high school, of high school. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. After nerd persecution, yeah. After nerd <laughs> <laughs> Hung up the sticks. Did, did Jared played bass. I did. did. Yeah, yeah. I played bass in a few bands. Um, played guitar in a few. Never was very good, but you know, I, I could. There was one band that I played in that was actually a, a, a decent band, but aside from that, it was just bad punk rock. Um, and you have a voice for not punk rock, so it's kind of funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> I didn't. Si- I didn't sing though. I didn't yeah. sing in bands. Yeah, you should have though. Yeah, maybe. I used to be able. To, I used to be able to. Not these days, but um, but yeah, man. So that's a special one though, because uh, yeah, this Blake's, is cool as hell. Blake's Blake's signature's on there, man, and you know that that didn't. Uh, our friend Blake uh, uh, passed away from a from a, a drug issue a few years ago, man. So that's yeah. a pretty that's a pretty special drumstick. It so. is. But anyway, I, f- I figured you might appreciate that. Dude. I, I do. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So, uh, do you do you do anything with the music thing still? Do you still play out at all, or is that just kind of like a hobby? Yeah, I, I just I actually I got rid of my electric guitar. So in, in college, I played uh, a bit. We had a band. Um, we had a little thing at we went to uh, this bar called Costas every Wednesday night and played and kind of just after that I got got rid of my electric guitar and I just now have a, a like a Martin acoustic and I just play that every now and then probably every time like a good song comes out that's like I'm, I'm like that lick is super cool so I'll, I'll learn it you mm. know that's about it what are you what are you into these what do you listen to these days do you listen uh, to any new music not a lot <laughs> Old Town Road is that that's a good one? <laughs> uh, yeah, my my Your I kids listen to what, love that my song, kids right? love that song. It's crazy. Um, yeah, no. I saw something today about like who would have thought like what's going on? Who would have thought that a gay black cowboy from country music would have the number one right? <laughs> the number one song? Like white people are pissed, but you know. But yeah, I listen to what my kids listen to a lot, uh, and then my my own music is probably like 2012. You know, mm-hmm. I, I listen to Avet brothers. Um, you like Gary Clark. You listen to Gary Clark. I don't listen to Gary Clark. No, I, I probably, new album's I really good. You'd love oh, it. Okay. It's, I, it seems like when I hear it, I'd think that'd be something you'd be into for sure. Okay. I'll check it out. Cause I knew like you were, you were into like Johnny Lang and Oh yeah. Stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Right now it's like Avet brothers, snow, snow patrol, like just kind of old school, like, Basically, if they were good between like 2008 and 2012, mm-hmm. that's that's who I listen to still. Yeah, like your <laughs> your your later college, early military yeah, yes. type stuff. Yep, that's funny. I, I I listen to like when I if I'm riding my bike or go, like going for a run or something, I'll listen I'll listen to stuff that I was listening to like oh two to to 2000 like 10 2012 kind of thing. Yeah, I, I listened to In Rainbows like just the other day when I was coding uh, at work. I was like, man, I just need something that I can kind of zone out to, you mm-hmm. know, and just get this work done. Have you seen the, um, that the In the Basement session that they did for that album? Yes, that, that's it's, what I was listening to, actually. Yo, you put it on YouTube yeah, or whatever? It it's yeah. so good. It is. It's so incredibly good. It, that's one of the best, like, you've seen Radiohead live, correct? No. Oh, man. I've seen them three times, and every time has just been a, a very, very, like, special Oh, I'm sure. Thing. Yeah, I... I, I I want to say like maybe the so I went to Bonnaroo for like four years uh, right after college. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my buddy uh, was stationed at Arnold, which is like right there in Manchester, mm-hmm. Tennessee, and uh, he used to you you would sell a beer for like eight hours and you'd get a free pass for the whole weekend. It, it was through like their chamber of commerce mm-hmm. or something, and so so I'd go up there and help him sell beer for um, eight hours and get a, a ticket. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't play in those four years. Uh, but I saw a lot of great bands in those four years. Yeah, Bonnaroo. You must have just barely yeah. missed it then, because I saw them in 06. 
Uh, yeah, this was like 08 to, to 12 oh, okay. or something like that. Bonnaroo is an interesting one, right? It, it is How very... is that being a military guy going to Bonnaroo? Because um, like you, you obviously can't partake in, in a lot of the fun that's being had. You no, know, but there was alcohol, so yeah. I, I partook in that. Um, in fact, I remember the, the, they would always check your, your pockets and stuff uh, for for taking like beer in or like anything in. Uh, but we would just take beer cans and put them in our hands, and then we'd raise our hands up. And they wouldn't look. <laughs> and so we'd get two free beers before going, you know, going in and spending $8 a beer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, when you when you have to walk through Bonnet through, you know what's all in those trash cans? Like, if you got to take oh. one of the, like, one oh, of the walk-through yeah. trash cans. You probably could find, like, a year's worth of, like, salary. You, yeah. you, you could, <laughs> how many books could you write in a month with one Bonnaroo trash can? A lot, yeah. <clears throat> That's crazy. So true. <laughs> Especially these days, because it just takes up such little, like especially like with pot with like little oil cartridges and stuff. Right. There's probably in one garbage can. There's probably going to be like 200 cartridges in there. I, I've never thought about that. I wonder what they do with all that shit. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe they work out. Like maybe it's just <laughs> maybe the guys at the who do that job are just huge addicts and right, they don't yeah. pay them anything. And they're just like, you just get to keep the, you get to keep the trash. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, especially in one of like the big garbage the garbage cans that they have. Yeah, yeah. There's always bags and stuff because everyone's trying to bring in a backpack or something. You can't do that. Right. There's yeah. just a pile of backpacks. Like, what's in that? Uh, shit? And then someone becomes like someone is in possession of that the entire time until it goes wherever it's going. Yeah. So like, what happens if like a cop, like. <laughs> <laughs> Never, into. never even thought about that. Yeah, we yeah. Pl- Shane, please find the answer. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, let's, we'll do let's that. Let's become investigative journalists. <laughs> you could write a mystery could. book about... <laughs> there go. There's a character who works security just in the Bonnaroo lines when you're coming through. <laughs> I mean, you could write a bit out. I mean, that's experience for days. Yeah. Jeez. So, uh, so man, you got the kids in swimming lessons down here. Yes. How's that going? Where are they at the Y, or are they? They're, they're at uh, Emerald Coast Scuba, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, my parents love that place. Um, so, so that's why my parents like paid for it and mm-hmm. all that good stuff, you know. And they cart them down. They they right out. I went to the swim lesson today, uh, and right afterwards, my parents taking them to the Gulfarium. Yeah. And I. Jen was like, let's get something to eat. And we did a boondoggle. I'm sorry. A boondoggle. Yeah, we went to uh, Emeralds. Like, oh, uh, you have only been there once. It was all right. Yeah. Average? Yeah. I'd say the same with mine. Did they did they bring out a bunch of the, like those sparkler like the sparkler desserts? I don't know if no. they do that during the day. No, they don't do that during or, the day, I'm sure. Or like, I think it was like a cotton candy dessert or something, it too. It does for like birthdays. Yeah. Well, I mean, there must have been a few birthdays the night that I went. That nice. would make that would make sense. So, yeah, how are, how are the parents? Man, I remember them being pretty big parrot heads back in the day. Is that still a thing? It's still a bit of a thing. They actually, they'll go watch uh, Jerry Jeff Walker in, like, um, Belize, I think. Like, uh, and so he's, like, he was, like, Jimmy Buffett's um, idol. Okay. And, yeah, so he, he uh, he's old, like, an 80-ish guy, mm. you know, and... And he just plays these concerts in Belize, and they, they'll go down there and Sweet. hang out. <laughs> if, hey, man, if that's what you want to do, I hope when right. I'm at that age I'm still doing stuff like that. Yeah. Rather than just, like, hanging out, you know, hanging around the house and stuff. You have hobbies. You have people you like to go see, stuff yeah. like that. Um, well, how is the scene over there in Tallahassee, man? You get good music coming around there? Yes, and, and but 
I, you know, again, I, I, you I'm a dad, you, I'm dad life. Um, <laughs> again, I'm so out of it. Um, I'm trying to think the last time, uh, like, was it the band of horses? Mm-hmm. Um, I think was the last time I went to see anybody. So, yeah. How long ago was that? A year to two years ago. Yeah. Actually, I, I saw a vet brothers. Um, okay. I, I will say that. They, uh, they played at the park, which was really sweet, uh, Cascades Park. Mm-hmm. Is um, that that amphitheater? It's the That's amphitheater. That's out there now. And, and, and uh, I forget what song it was, one of the slower songs that Seth just sings, and a train came rain- rolling through, and, and just it was just like the coolest sounding like uh, live show, like, like just the song and the train going through was sweet. Yeah, well, it didn't ruin it. No. It like it ruin. added to it, it enhanced the experience. No, yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Man, I, old... old Old Don, man, I used to see him weigh in on Facebook every now and then. I'd be like, there he is. <laughs> there he is. That's my dude. He'll go hard. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have to unfollow him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, rather than just starting to unfollow a bunch of people, I just chose to, to, uh, I, I to uh, t- tap out, man. So I saw that. I understand. I do it anymore. Yeah, it'll mess you up. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. If, I, if, if not utilized properly, it can, it can definitely yeah. mess you up. I, I utilize it mostly for the author biz. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I run ads on there and stuff like that. Um, and then I, I have a lot of f- Facebook friends that are other authors that I'll like, you know, hey, can you send out my book with your newsletter? It comes out next week, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Oh, yeah, email list. Are, that's a, yeah, it's huge. A, a big, that's a large tool, man. That's a big tool. How do you get, how do you get all your stats? From uh, your readers, like, does it? Do you get download reports from Amazon and yes. stuff like that? Because we're only allowed on this podcast, we're only allowed to really see our SoundCloud listens. Like, Apple won't doesn't report how many people listen to to us on there. Um, what yeah, else? Google not, doesn't. None, none, the only one that reports rough. to us is our RSS feed, uh, SoundCloud. Yeah, no, I get everything from Amazon. I mean, you know, it's funny because like you could buy. Well, you're getting paid too. People I are am. paying for your stuff, so that's different. But you know, if if somebody buys. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like um, something that Amazon sells that's not a book, right? Like uh, I, I brought I bought this this filing folder, right? And like I don't know, uh, but that seller gets your email address, and they can like you know beg you for a review and stuff like that. But they don't do that for books and for authors, you know, which is kind of funny. Hmm. Um, but they do at least give you your sales reports, and like um, I'm in this thing called Kindle Unlimited. Um, so they pay me by page read. Um, and so it's like half a cent, um, per page. Uh, so I get that report. Um, but yeah, it's, they pay you by page read. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Which is nice actually. Like, uh, you can, um, for, for those, does it have to be at least a 10 second on each page? Um, no, the, the first 10% of the book doesn't count. Uh, and that's because that's like the sample. And, and you can, like, you can get books right now on Amazon. Like, you can say, send me a sample, and they'll send you that. And so that first 10% is, is all the only thing that they don't, that they don't count. And then they count each page re- read after. Um, so it works out for, like, the books that, like, are 99 cents you'll see on there. Mm-hmm. Um, those books might be 300 pages. So th- they might get, like, 3 or $4 from that book, actually, um, as if you read in Kindle Unlimited instead of buy it. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, could you just go on there and just scroll? Um, people and okay. get paid. Okay, so people have used click farms and stuff for that, but they've been caught. Um, so, I mean, you, 
you could do that, but it don't, you only get one like run through the book, right? And then in, you've read it, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so you can go and so read your book a you, hundred times. Yeah, you can re- read your book a hundred times. You could make you know two or three dollars reading your book once, maybe. Um, but yeah, but but other people have gone through like the click farm route, you know, hiring hundreds of people, you know, yeah. overseas, and they've been caught doing that. And been like basically hire them for half price. Like you get two dollars to read through this when the author will make four. Right, exactly. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. And and they can read through, you know, and they they do it for like probably authors that have like thirty or forty books out, you know. Mm -hmm. And and then do they you can probably pay I guess you could probably pay them to write a review. I'm sure you There's gotta be places that you pay to have you know, leave me a five star right for you know, you get a dollar to do these you go into a place, you get a dollar per whatever. That's crazy. Yeah. So, but anyway, Amazon like figured out those people because um, I, I, I'm not going to name names, but uh, yeah, they got kicked out of Amazon and they can't publish again and stuff like that. Hmm. What's the community like? Do you have feuds with any other authors? I no, <laughs> not really, not me. But it happens. Though, it happens. Probably. It, yeah. There was, um, there there was this uh, thing called Cockygate. So there was this romance author who tried to trademark the word cocky in like uh, her her titles. So it's like a cocky billionaire romance or whatever. And she tried to trademark that. And so a couple of other authors had books with cocky in the title. And so she went after them. Right, like cease and know. desist? Yeah, like cease and desist, you know, and it had to go through some courts and stuff like that. But yeah, you couldn't trademark that, that word. That seems like that'd you be know. impossible to trademark. Yeah. So... Yeah, so th- that was a big feud, though, like huge yeah. uh, in the romance community. <laughs> <laughs> so is this way? It's That's a, my a, other other pin name. <laughs> oh yeah. <No>. <laughs> <laughs> is this what you've always? Is this what you want to do? Like, um, well, I would assume you don't just do it because it's you know no, it's not what I wanted to do. But like, is it like is the end goal? Is that what you want to be an author? That's I mean, I, for me, it's I I think it, it's cool for like retirement, you know, money kind of kind of thing. Um, yeah, whenever I retire from uh, software, that's kind of where I want to get my money from or like, you know, extra money. Um, it's, it's also kind of neat because it's, it's authorpreneurship, you know, uh, which that's why I kind of don't want to do the trad publish thing because, you know, then you're part of like their marketing scheme and, um, and they're putting you out at bookstores and stuff like that. And I, I personally like the me doing it myself Mm -hmm. and, seeing like that oh these people like this ad on Facebook and then that that means this many sales and you know things like that yeah I guess if you like that that's just it turns it into a completely different part of a game right. it's yeah it's like you know it's 50% writing 50% marketing kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, it's a little you know, it's probably 60 40 or something like that um, but I enjoy that aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, you pr- all the money you make, you probably put right back into marketing. You oh, probably have a large yeah. percentage of that, right? Yes, I, I'm trying to put some away that where I'm, you know, I'm trying to like. I, I gave Jen like a hundred bucks actually the other day. I was like, that's your author money, <laughs> even though I've I've been yeah pumping it back into the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy man. I've never thought about about the the world of all of that. Um, do you still do you dig the software engineering thing? Dude. Oh yeah, I, I dig it. You like it? Um, you like yeah. doing it? I I like the the challenge of it. Um, we're 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 working on this app right now that's like video oriented and like live feeds type thing, and it's been a pretty much a nightmare, but like a technical challenge, and and I enjoy that. Yeah, 
Cool, man. Well, sweet. Do you have anything else? Anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. Oh, I'm I'm working on a comic book, which is kind of cool. Here, I'll let you I'll let you like scroll. Through do you um do, do you do all your illustrations too? Are you an illustrator? No. So that's a, that's another thing. I've it's kind of like managing. Um, I I basically I wrote a script, and then I work with this this guy. Uh, his name is Daniel Caval. Here, I'll, you can read it later, but like check out the art real quick. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna do a Kickstarter like probably next month um, to chain. work on it, and so that he can actually get paid, you know, kind of for it and stuff like that. Yeah. What? Well, well, okay. What's the process of that like? I mean, it's a completely different style of writing. It is. You have to have the vision in your head of what you want it to look like because that's such a large part of comic books. Is it's similar to prose enough where where I kind of know and I, I read a lot of comics. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Dang, so, dude. So yeah, that's that's going to be totally different from what I'm doing now, but it's it's very neat to to have that interaction and then also it's like a team kind of thing, you know. He he's doing the art, we're going to get a colorist. We're going to get and I've got somebody that does the lettering. Yeah. So how do you neat. find those those types of people? Facebook, man. That's uh, that's another reason that I'm on Facebook is yeah. Like I I'm in a connecting comic book artist and creators group okay. or something like that. So you kind of uh, give a synopsis of your story, yeah. put it out there, kind of see if someone might be interested in illustrating it. Yeah. They'll send you maybe some samples, and if you dig yeah, what yeah. they do, you go from there. A lot of a lot of guys, just the artists, will will put post. You know, like here's some samples of my work. Direct message me if you're interested, and that's kind of what this guy did. And I was like, dude, I have this story that you know I think we we'd work well on. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I think it turned out great. Yeah. Well, sweet, man. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's kind of, uh, we talk about that a lot on this podcast is just finding people who are doing things and like doing them the way they want to, man. And right. I mean, you seem to have that uh, honed in, dude. Yeah. So congratulations, man. If people want to find your stuff, how can they do that? So yeah, WilliamTylerDavis.com. Um, there's also the pen name, ChristineZaneThomas.com. And yeah, Amazon. Why'd you choose to go with the female? Oh, so cozy mystery. It's because of who you're female. who you're trying to reach yeah. as the reader. Exactly. Do you put, do you put a picture of yourself on it? Uh, no, it's like a picture picture of a dachshund. Okay. Um, so the the dachshund is pretty prominent in the books. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Do you th- um, is that a common thing for for males to change their name to female for? Um, oh yeah, well, pretty much. Uh, Depending on who they're trying to reach. There's, with their- there's a famous-ish cozy uh, author named Dean James, who uh, his books are Miranda James. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's pretty common. Right on. Well, cool. Everyone, check out uh, William Tyler Davis. Check out all of his stuff. Look out for the comic books coming. Do you, is you, does your comic book have a title yet? Uh, it's called Heroes Act. Heroes Act. Sweet. Cool. Thanks for swinging by, dude. Thanks, man. All right. Don't go to a funeral pretending you're dead. Don't name your kid Richard.
Making it dirigible or down with the ship Don't request wagon wheel if you're not gonna tip There's a whole lot of don'ts, but there's one big dude 